Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio, the show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are the madness is in full force. We'll be talking everything related to what has happened in March Madness so far and give you a preview of what is to come. Let the madness continue. With that, I give you our chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cal. Thanks, Colton. Hey, it's good to be here again on a Wednesday night in beautiful Delaware, Ohio. We got a special guest with us tonight. We got one uh, one guy on vacation. Braden's off in Florida doing his uh, spring break thing. So we got uh, local sports hero Hunter Hooper in with us tonight. Hunter was a, a basketball player, RV, and then uh, also this year he volunteered. He's coaching a, a basketball team up at Ridgedale. So giving his time back to kids, and uh, it's a great thing to see. And Hunter, we just want to welcome you to the show, and we try we'll try not to pick on you too much, and uh, we'll go from there. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate you guys letting me come on. I'm ready to talk some sports, especially March Madness. Uh, I'm excited. Let's get it going. All right, let's get fired up. Let's go. Before we get into basketball tonight, I want to give a quick shout out. Uh, a friend of the show, longtime listener Chuck Spielman. He's the uh, superintendent at Triverse Career Center. His nephew just signed a new contract with um, with the. Uh, out of uh, Colorado State Pueblo, a Division II school, was a undrafted free agent, got drafted or uh, got signed by the Rams. He's been there ever since. And uh, coming in, going to be playing in the NFC South, probably the toughest division in football with the Saints and the Bucks in there. So uh, Matt Rule took that team 5-11 and 11 last year. So maybe with some more defensive help there from uh, Morgan Fox, maybe they can turn that around and give the Saints and the Bucks a run for their money in that NFC South. And uh, – we're going to hope, hopefully uh, try to get Morgan on the show here in the coming week. So I'm going to give a shout out to him and want to congratulate him on signing his new contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. All right. Well, we're going to start off tonight's show with our surprising team. And I kind of looking at everybody's notes here a little bit. <laughs> I think a lot of us have the uh, same team as our surprising team, but maybe each one of us can lend a little bit of something different to uh, why we think this team's doing so well. Um, Colton, you want to get us started? Yeah, so for me, I got uh, most surprising team so far through March Madness. I got the number 15 seed Oral Roberts coming into, um, you know, coming into their game that they play this weekend. Uh, they're 18 and 10. They finished 10 and 5 in their respective uh, conference there. And uh, for people that don't know, uh, that, that school is located in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, just moving back to Ohio, that's actually where I used to live. So, you know, I know where this college is. I uh, drove past it every day, you know, to and from work. You know, it's a pretty small school of only about 4,000 students. So, you know, you could you could miss it if you, you're not looking for it. But the uh, Summit League, right? They're right, in Summit, Summit League, League yeah. 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 Um, and so, but this team, uh, you know, they're playing well. Uh, they've, they've To this point, they've gotten here by beating uh, number two seed Ohio State, 75-72, uh, and then beat a uh, good Florida team, number seven seed, Florida, 81 to 78 in the second round. Um, so they're, they're coached by a, a, a pretty uh, well-known assistant coach that was at Baylor for uh, a long time uh, by Paul Mills. So he's got a good pedigree good there. Pedigree. Um, yeah. You know, the Baylor, obviously we know what they've done the last, you know, five, 10 years here. So he's learned from one of the, one of the best in the game. Um, but he's really coaching this team up and they're, they're hot right now. Um they're uh, averaging about 81 and a half points per game, which mm. is good for, 
you know, not only 12th, you know, first in their conference, they're 12th in the whole NCAA. So, wow. you know, you don't really see that sometimes with a lot of those small schools. You know, sometimes they – They like to play yeah. uh, slow ball. They like to slow the game down right. a lot because a lot of times they don't have the depth, right. I think, to run with teams. So yeah, yeah. A no. lot of times you'll see those smaller schools try to slow it down and uh, make somebody else play their game. But, yeah, it's scoring 81 points. That's awesome. Yeah, no. So, yeah, a lot of those small schools you see a lot of times, they they focus on the fundamentals of defense and try to limit, mm-hmm. you know, opportunities for those other, you know, Absolutely. bigger schools to get, get scoring chances. But this team is, is lighting it up. Um, they're also leading the NCAA in made three-pointers average. You know, they average – of almost 12 three-pointers made per game. So Yeah, they sure didn't miss many against the Buckeyes. They sure yeah, didn't. No, and they uh, have, and been, the have, been, did. have been shooting lights out here in the, in the uh, tournament so far. So, for me, I think that's, uh, you know, what's what's got them to this point is their, you know, excellent shooting. All right. Yeah, how would they lose 10 games in the regular season? I, yeah, I'm not I, sure. I mean, I'm not even sure they would have got in if they didn't win the Summit League. Yeah, I, I mean, I, at this point, know, yeah, they they, 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 they won the automatic bid by winning their, you know, conference tournament. I'm not even sure it. You know, at uh, eighteen and ten, they get in. Right, so they, you know, they got they're getting hot at the right time. So they, uh, you know, won their conference tournament, and now they're you know proving and you know showing that they deserve to to be here. So um, you know, good hats off to you know small school out of out of Oklahoma. So Matt, I take it Oral Roberts was your most surprising (laughs) team as well. Yeah, they were, and they they they've been a huge surprise. But tell you what, watching them play now, it's it's easy to see why they're so good. They have two really good players that can shoot the ball from anywhere. We've got Max Asmus, who's uh, leading the NCAA in scoring at 24 and a half points a game. Leading the NCAA. Leading the NCAA. Yeah. Oral Roberts. That's right. awesome. Yeah. And then uh, his running mate there, and Kevin O'Banner, who's putting up 19 points a game. So they got two guys just scoring at will. You know, it, it makes it easy to, to compete with some of these teams if you have two guys you can count on to get you points. And I'll tell you what, that Max Asmus, man, that guy can pull up from anywhere. Yeah, I think he. You just reminds you of uh, one of the Curry boys, you know, like just bombing away out yeah, there, yeah, and absolutely. he's making them at a high rate. Absolutely, the mold of Curry or Lillard, or I mean, I think he's, I think he really is an NBA talent. I think we'll actually see him in the league. Yeah, awesome. and he's only a sophomore, That'd so be great. you know, he's got a, you know, maybe a couple more years still yeah. left at Oral Roberts. So we'll see what he develops. But, but into. does he stay at Oral Roberts, yeah, or does I, he take he, a Curry path right. and, and transfer to a bigger school? Right, yeah, could could be, could be. I also had Oral Roberts as my surprising team, but let me throw a couple more numbers at you. You look at some of the stat lines against OSU, and uh, really you might have thought Ohio State would have won that game. Um, they uh, they shot a high, Ohio State shot a higher percentage, uh, 43% to 35%. They out-rebounded Oral Roberts 49 to 32. I mean, they had a huge edge on the board. But I think Colton said, you know, the defense. They, they only turned the ball over six times, and OSU turned it over 16 times. That's huge. Uh, you know, and, and we're going, we've talked about it on the show. Fundamentals. Again, the fundamentals. OSU went 9 of 18 from the free yeah, throw line. The free throw lines were um, cost them. You know, they, I mean, it came down to points at the end. Right. Yeah. They both, you know, and uh, Oral Roberts went there 18 times as well, but they made 14 of their 18. So, right. I mean, there, there's five points right there. They only That's lost by three. So, I mean, and then into the, you know, and they, and they just kept letting OSU shoot from outside. You know, Ohio State settled for the outside shot. Um, way too much. I thought. I thought every. I thought every ball should have ran through the post in that team. They had a size advantage down there. Every ball should have went into the post, and whether it was Liddell taking it himself or kicking it back out, 
Um, and and they just they didn't do it. Um, well, I, it, was, I was, it was funny when Key was in the game though. They were they were feeding it down. Yeah, they seemed like they, they did they, a better job when he was in there. Um, so I got a I kind of got a fault uh, Holtman for that a little bit. Um, you know that that team that Oral Roberts team just they screen you to death. They set picks. They set down screens. They set ball screens. And and they did it. They never changed. They did it the whole game. Um, you know I, I don't know I, I I you know and then against Florida. Um, they shot, they shot better, um, but they turned, they turned up Florida over too. They had 12 turnovers. Florida had 20. I mean, right. yeah. you know, you're not winning too many games doing yeah. that. I mean, you that's low. Those are empty possessions that you're coming away with no points. Right. And, so, you know, and just because they're a small school and a 15 seed, they're still obviously one of the top 64 teams in the country. So mm -hmm. right. you can't go to sleep on these teams. Hunter, we're going to turn it over to you. Who'd you have as your um, uh, surprising team? So I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I actually had two other ones uh, on my list here. I got USC, um, mainly because I didn't stay up that late to watch them. And I woke up and I saw they had dominated Kansas, the yeah. three seed. Gave, oh. gave Kansas their worst loss. Oh, roughly in, by in, 30, in, I think. Yeah, yeah. Worst, worst loss in NCAA tournament history. Wow. So, so yeah. this caught my eye. I mean, I had to do a little research on them. They got the, I think it's the Mobley brothers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're tall. They're athletic. They run a 2-3 zone. They're the six seed. I, you know, I think maybe they can give Gonzaga a run for their money here with this 2-3. Later, maybe in the Elite Eight, not, yeah. not Sweet 16. But mm -hmm. And then another team I had was uh, Loyola. Oh, um, that was my so Cinderella Jane. pick. Cinderella. <laughs> yeah. I had uh, mainly – Maybe not their team, but their coaching. Porter Moser, yeah. I think is his name. Yes. Yeah. I think he coached a perfect game. Oh, my goodness. Um, they followed the game plan. They were all disciplined. Man. Illinois couldn't really do anything. Mm -hmm. And then Cameron Crutwig, yeah. the center <laughs> for, for Loyola. He was a beast. Yeah. Where'd he come from? Just dominant. I, I remember him from 2018, Michigan yeah. playing them. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, oh, this kid's a freshman. You know, he, this is just all fluke. Right. Then he showed up again in this Illinois game, and I'm like, okay, this guy, this guy's legit. You yeah. know, he he played a, a really good game. Yeah, so, so those were my two uh, surprises there. That's that's a good pick, Hunter. We you know we went we kind of went over Loyola pretty good in our last show. We um you know they had three kids back from that 2018 team. Um, and we, we've said it all you know through this tournament. They you know all the analysts, all the people have said you know that. 2018 team was special, but they were saying that this team could be better. even better. I even their coach. I mean, other than other than going to the national championship and winning the whole thing, you don't get much better than going right. to the final four. Right. So, right. so I and, mean, and even the coach said this is a better team than I had in 2018. So yeah. I mean, That's it really scary. shouldn't be a big surprise um, to everybody. I mean, you know, and even as an eight, they were an eight seed. So can I really call them a Cinderella? Uh, you know, I, I get maybe that's a little unfair, but. Um, they had to take down Illinois, though. Yeah, they did. They had a tough Big Ten champ. Yeah, they yeah. did. That was awesome. That was a good game to, for for them for those kids. They they dominated. They deserved that. it. They earned they every they every second of it. They mm -hmm. outplayed them, hands mm -hmm. down. So, all right. Well, now we're going to get into our most disappointing teams in the uh, team and or teams or conference <laughs> uh, Big Ten. Um, you know, we're going to get into the disappointing team, and I'll start things off, and I'm going to go right at the Big Ten hard. I'm going with Illinois. Yeah, uh, come on, guys. They beat Drexel, okay, in the I first almost round. almost 30. Yeah, but Drexel only made it in because they won the Colonial Athletic Conference. Without that, without three wins in their conference tournament, Drexel doesn't even get into the tournament. So, okay, yeah, Illinois did look good against them. I will say that. But then they came up against that Loyola squad. They got out-rebounded. 
they got and out, out rebounded on the offensive boards. Uh, even with uh, Illinois size advantage, Loyola had more blocks. They had more steals and less turnovers. Again, we go back to those basics, fellas. And I know, Hunter, you probably try to drill this in your team's head, the team you're coaching there at Ridgedale, about fundamentals. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, they shot 51% compared to uh, Illinois, or uh, Illinois shot 45% compared to Loyola's 51%. And from three, Loyola shot 40%. Illinois shot a dismal 29%. And why they were taking settling for that three ball when they had – you know, and, and, and not that that Kofi played that bad of a game. He actually led the team in scoring. But again, going back to what I said about Ohio State, when you got that size advantage, yeah, run that a, ball through the post. Yeah. Even if he's not taking yeah. every shot. He has to touch the ball on every possession. Yeah, he, even that, if he doesn't take the final shot, exactly. he's got to touch that it. That ball has to go through the post. Play that in and out game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the, only, the only category that Illinois won in that game was they shot a little bit higher percentage from the free throw line. However, they only got to the stripe 13 times. They, they, only got, they average about 22 yeah, attempts they, per game, they, so they only, about they, half their attempts again, there. Again, this is a team that screens you. Man, they set awesome. I mean, and and don't, you know, they don't get dinged for uh, offensive, like a moving screen or something. They're setting those ball screens, setting those down screens, and just – and off, they work – Off ball screens. I, I mean, they're, yeah. they're just – everything is executed to a T. And, and you knew they were going to do it every time down the floor in Illinois. Never, so, to me – I got to put this loss on Coach Brad Underwood. I really I do. Yeah. I think I think um, you know that he you know that Illinois team disappointed me, but the, the loss I can't put it on the players because I think you know at some point a coach has got to make an adjustment. You got to fight through those screens. You got to get over the top. They they let them just you know have their way with them, and and Loyola never changed. They de- they didn't have to adjust. Their game plan was working. It was Illinois that needed to make the adjustment. And they never did. So that's my disappointing team. Yeah, I'm going to follow suit uh, because I also have Illinois as my <laughs> most disappointing team, uh, not only because my bracket is completely busted now yeah. that they lost, but uh, let's be honest, guys, they had the third best odds to win the national championship behind yep. Baylor and Gonzaga. So and they're know, both still in. And they're yeah. both still in it. So, you know, they're the next biggest disappointment. So, uh, yeah, like Dad said, you know, Dad hit on all the big, you know, numbers that I was going to kind of dive into, but. You know, another one is they held, uh, you know, Iowa's, or, I mean, Illinois' uh, star player that Io DeSumo, uh to only nine points, but six turnovers yeah. just by himself. Non-existent. I think yeah. that, you know, <laughs> Illinois has got to have that kind of one-two punch. You know, Kofi was there. He he got his. But mm-hmm. then, you know, Io just wasn't there. They were they were double-teaming him. They were making sure he was not going to yeah, beat they them. They weren't going to let him beat him. And so, you know. I think at that point, yeah, they, you know, uh, the coach from Loyola was happy to say, we're going to stop him. We're going to make everybody else beat us. Yeah. He's not going to beat us. So, you know, I I think at that point, you know, that made some of the other players that, you know, they they played some quality minutes, but then they had to step up and, you know, kind of take that scoring burden. And I just don't think that they were prepared for that. So, uh, you know, I think that was a big, a big thing is that, yeah, Loyola took IO out of of the game. Um, And, uh, you know, Coming into it, you know, Illinois strength of schedule coming into this, you know, 11th in the NCAA. Um, so, you know, it's not like they, you know, played, you know, easy schedule. Yeah. You know, they, mm-hmm. they were battle tested, you know, according to the, the metrics. Right. So, right. you know, this shouldn't have been, you know, any, you know, any different than any other game. But they just, yeah, Loyola executed to a T their game plan and, and never faltered from it. And Illinois just. 
from the get go had no answer. And it, it, you don't want to say, "Oh, they overlooked them," because that that's not acceptable either. You know, again, you're playing one of the best 64 teams in the in the country. You can't look past a team. That's that's not that's not an acceptable excuse. Well, especially either. a team that was in the Final Four just a couple of years ago. Right. right. I mean, all right, Matt. So, who'd you have as your biggest disappointment? Well, I say forget one team in general. It's the entire Big Ten. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> they, they came into this thing with two number ones, two number twos, a four, a nine, two tens, and eleven. And there's only one team left standing. <laughs> yeah. And that's number of uh, the one seed in Michigan. I mean, that's that's awful. To have nine teams come in and you have nobody else competing after after the two first two rounds of the game. That's that's it, bad. There, there's nothing to be said for that. That's just not good. Well, but we weren't the only sports panel that they made look bad. So, I mean, all the yeah. experts, even the guys that make big money doing what we're doing for free, um, you know, they have access to all the analytics and the stats and everybody's like, oh, the Big Ten. They're did. And, you know, looking at the numbers, they really should have dominated. But, uh, you know, yeah, and we'll get into that next. Uh, we're going to get into why the Big Ten struggled. I got some numbers to throw at you, but. Hunter, you want to you wanna wrap this segment up with your biggest disappointment? Yeah, um, we talked to, obviously, the Big Ten, um, and we talked about this a little bit before the podcast. Um, I'm going Purdue. Yeah. They had the home court. Yeah. They had the home fans. I mean, it's not a whole lot of fans, but – better More than anybody else had. Yeah, right. it's their backyard. You're playing up against North Texas. Uh, I, I thought – I figured, oh, you know, Ohio State was a fluke. Well, you know, let's, let's go. Purdue will bounce back here. Then Purdue loses. And it almost seemed just like a trickling effect at that moment for the Big Ten. It was yeah. one after another, just losing and losing. And, I mean, I watched the Purdue game, and it, it just it, – it was sad. It, yeah. Like, they couldn't overcome North Texas in their home court. I mean uh, – Yeah, for me, when I, yeah, when I watched that Purdue game, Purdue didn't start to wake up until, like, the last five yeah, minutes too of late. that game. And yeah. then by that time, yeah, you let, you know, a bad team or, you know, a smaller school stay around – that that gives them the hope that they yep. can play with they this get, team. They get to build. You the don't. Uncle, you don't. Come they get out, Uncle Mo on their side. Right. You and, don't. You don't put them. You know, put them away early. Then yeah. they start getting. You know, yep. that hope, that feeling that hey, we can do this. And, we, and, we and, got you, this. and you see, that's what like Baylor and, and um, Gonzaga. They're putting teams away early. Right. Yeah. They're, they're coming. They're, out. they're setting the tone. Yeah. Hmm. They're coming out and bombing away. You know, just getting into their rhythm and they're putting teams down early. So I think that's been kind of the keys to their success. Well, let's keep going with this Big Ten struggle. I got some numbers I want to throw at you. Of the eight losses by the Big Ten, you know, of course we had nine teams in it and there's one left standing, but of those eight teams, the Big Ten has given up 80 points per game in those eight losses. Wow, that the, the NCAA average is only is 68 points a game. Wow. So to me, it boils down to defense. We're not playing defense. And, you know, the Big Ten's known for their defense, their physical style of play. Mm-hmm. And uh, – we just we're not doing it. I mean, it's just yeah. You know, I, th- I think you just said it. Their physical style of play. I think that's the big difference here. That these teams are playing a fast-paced game, and the Big Ten's kind of a slow, sluggish, physical right. league. It's you know they they're having trouble keeping up with these fast guards. They're just yeah. blowing by them. I, I think I think you're seeing that a lot. The athleticism of these other teams is you know catching the Big Ten schools flat-footed a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But 80 points a game, man, you're not going to win a lot of games right. at college ball giving up 80 points a game. I mean, yeah, because if you look at it, a lot of the Big Ten schools aren't even averaging that many on offense. Right. I right. mean, yeah. outside of, like, Illinois, yeah. 
Damn. Illinois is averaging and, 80 points. You know, a game, we all but, knew Alabama could score. We talked about that all year, how how great Alabama was at putting the ball in the hoop. But you know, they gave up 96 to Alabama. Iowa gives up 95 to Oregon. I mean, I mean those uh, are NBA level. Yeah, numbers. Michigan yeah. State <laughs> gives up 86 to UCLA. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it just it was just in Purdue. We Colton talked about them. They gave up 78 points to North Texas. I mean, you just you know, the only team that really had a, a good uh, showing was Rutgers. Um, you know, they only gave up 56 in their win over Clemson, but and only gave up 63 to Houston, which, you know, Houston is a pretty high-scoring team as well. But, um, you know, they were – but Rutgers just couldn't put the ball in the hoop. Yeah, uh, you know, they just yeah. – they struggled to score. They so. did. They did struggle well, to score. That worried so. about me – them coming in. I wasn't sure they'd get past the first round. So, it's right. nice to see them at yeah. least advance <laughs> right, around. Right, right, right. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I think, you know, I, yeah, we talk a lot about, about this Big Ten, big struggles, you know, whatever you want to say. But, you know, I, I also – I'm not defending the Big Ten, you know, what they did, uh, total disappointment. But, uh, you know, I did run some of the numbers too. The combined record of the teams that the Big Ten lost to, 177-50, and 50, which is about a 78% winning percentage. The combined record of the teams that lost from the Big Ten – 151 and 87, so about a 63%, you know, mm-hmm. winning percent. So the teams that they were going up against, you know, had better records or, you know, had, but I think at the same time, though, you know, we coming into it thought, you know, yeah, there's a lot of losses in this Big Ten, but they're beating up on each other. Right. So that's, right. you know, strengthening well, them up. That's making them better each and every week, but you yeah. just didn't, you didn't see it. You didn't right. see well, it. Well, that, that was another question I had, too. You know, they were in, they're in Indianapolis a week before everybody else. They've been living in a hotel, you know, eating the hotel food. I mean, I, I know they've got the best staffs and they're cooking them better food than right. what we'd get in a hotel, but still, it's, it's not home, you know. So you're not you're not getting that quality rest you would at home. So they've, they've been one in Indianapolis for a week. They just beat up on each other. I mean, the Buckeyes played what three overtime games in that Big yeah. Ten tournament leading oh, yeah. into this. You know, I, I think they did have some tired legs too, just from that tournament alone. Right. Yeah. And going back to what Colton said with the Big Ten's record, you know, their overall record, the teams that lost, you know, sixty three percent, sixty three percent. So, you know, do you say, well, um, should maybe maybe nine teams shouldn't have got in? Yeah. I mean, um, but you turn that around, but look at the team. You know, your number one seed lost in Illinois. Mm-hmm. You know, your number four, you're, you're in number Purdue. four Purdue. Your Iowa was what number two? Yeah, number two. Number so two. it wasn't all like the lower seeded teams that lost. I mean, you know, because it, it was some big dogs too. Yeah. So you know, so you say, well, maybe Michigan State should have got in, which they did have to play their way in, and they lose in the first round. Rutgers, you know, but they did actually win their first game. So I, I don't, you know, I, Wisconsin won their first game Wisconsin. and looked looked good in their first game. But Maryland, yeah. Maryland as well. All right, all right, all right. So okay, well, let's. Um, I wanted to, and you guys can talk about another conference if, if you'd like. But um, I want to kind of hit on the Pac-12, a team that we can, or a, a, a conference that we kind of beat up on all year, <laughs> um, saying, oh, they don't play anybody, blah blah blah. Well, they put five teams in, and after two rounds, they still got four left. So, you know, the only team that lost was Colorado. Um, and, again, I got to go back to defense here, fellas. I ran the numbers. These teams that are winning, they're only giving up 60 points a game. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so you hold a team to 60 points, you're going to win You're going to win some games. Uh, right. UCLA really doing a great job, uh, held uh, – their two teams, they played to 62 and 47, respectively. Respectively, Oregon got the first round by with uh, Virginia Commonwealth having to sit out because of COVID. They did give up 80 points, but they still, you know, hey. They scored 95. They, they scored 90. And USC only gave up 51 and 56. So, 
you know, a conference that, you know, you don't normally think of as being a big defensive conference. I'll tell you what, I think it's, you're yeah. seeing those athletes again, like Matt talked about the speed and the athleticism of some of these guys being able to keep up, you know, with, with anybody in the country. Yeah. They're, uh, they're partially doing what we thought the big 10 would be doing, right? right? right. Yeah. Dominating on defense yeah. and just yeah. Yeah. pulling yeah. out these wins. Right. I mean, and, and, and dominating from the start. I mean, they, yeah. they, a lot of the games that I have watched for the, you know, the pac 12 in this tournament so far, they have set the tone from the beginning and, you know, have showed clearly that they are the better, the better team. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So you guys, you know, you can chip chime in on the pac 12 or, Give me some, you know, I mean, uh, I think that the Big 12's playing pretty well. They, you know, they're they're hanging in there too. But to me, the surprise was 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 the Pac-12. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think, uh, yeah, we we definitely beat up on them and you know said, hey, the Big Ten, man, this is their year, this is their chance. And then we said, oh, these Pac-12 teams, they play it. They're mid- not gonna be they, able to hang. They play at midnight. Nobody watches them. They yeah. ain't gonna be able to make it out of the Maybe first round. Maybe I need round. to start DVRing some of these. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, so uh, I know what I'm talking coast, about coast, next time. Right. Uh, so we clearly didn't do our homework there, but uh, yeah, we ain't the only ones. They're, they're, like they're, they're, yeah, so. I was gonna say, but the ESPN and all yeah, these other, I, I, they I don't talk think, about them yeah, a whole I, lot. I, I mean, think, uh, yeah, a lot of, lot of, you know, they they flew under the radar. I think, like I said, because they play such late games. Everybody kind of, you know, puts them, you know, under the radar. You know, you don't really talk about them too much. But, uh, you know, good, good for the conference. Good for them. You know, they, they always, yeah, are, uh, you know, not talked about that much. But, uh, you know, good for them for a good showing. You know, hopefully it continues because, just like the Big Ten, the Pac-12 is, you know, hungry for another championship too. Um, You know, that it's been dominated here recently by the ACC as far as the national championship goes. So, you know. Pretty much every conference, but the ACC is looking to get that that first yeah. one. So, yeah. Yeah, I, you know me, Mister Buckeye. You know I hate to say it, but if Michigan somehow pulls off this, wins the whole thing, we kind of forget that the Big Ten did terrible. Yeah. Right, so, right. I guess yeah. as a Big Fingers Ten crossed, fan, we got yeah. we got to root for that team. Yeah, I want to hear that go out to all the Buckeye fans. I said, yeah, there's only one Big Ten school left. You ain't got much choice but to root for the Wolverines now. So, yeah, it's a tough spot to be in. But if it was OSU was the last team in it, me being a Michigan fan, I'd be rooting for OSU because yeah. I got to root for the Big Ten. So um, we're going to get into something. It's not a pleasant topic we want to talk about, but I think it needs to be said. Um, the death threats that EJ Liddell and Kofi Coburn got this year, I mean, really, fellas, is there a spot for this in sports? No, no. absolutely not. Um yeah, no, some of the some of the stuff that, you know, these people are saying to these kids that are 20, 20 years old. I mean, come on, we're, we're, they're playing a game that, you know, this this is supposed to be a fun time. This is supposed to be a yeah. good time. This yeah. is supposed to be, you know, the best part of sports. And, uh, you know, it only takes a few bad apples to ruin it for the rest of them. And, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, hats off to both EJ Liddell and Kofi Coburn for taking this, you know. They you took know, the high road. Yeah, they, 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 you know, they, they, I, I got to give it, give, you know, kudos to them because uh yeah they, they definitely could have uh you know taken a turn for the worse and responded in much worse ways than, yeah. than what they did but uh you know yeah like i said it, it, this is just yeah this is the bad part of sports yeah, and yeah, uh, you yeah. know nobody wants to wants to talk you know, about this so. it's, whether you're it's be, you know and if, if you're if you gotta threaten somebody with their life over a basketball game Man, you need to check your priorities a little bit. Right. Well, I'll tell you, these kids are doing something. Whoever that is threatening them, they could never do in their lives. They right, they couldn't right. play yeah. D one yeah. basketball. Yeah. So I like this those comments that they made to, uh, about Kofi. Uh, 
I like know? to say, have you seen that dude on the yeah, court? I, I don't think I want to be making those <laughs> comments yeah. in yeah. person. You're awful brave sitting behind a keyboard is right. all I got to say. Right. But, you know, I thought he had a, a good comeback. He said, I blame the person's parents. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they yeah. weren't raised right. right. So, and, right. you know, I liked how Holtman said it, too, because he Holtman did say, you know, this isn't Buckeye Nation as a whole. That's this right. Is, yeah. This it's is the sad part and, of, right. of what it is. And the sad thing with Ohio State is this isn't the first time it's happened. Ohio State lost to USC in football a few years back, and uh, the tight end had dropped what would have been the game-winning touchdown of uh, Ryan Hamby, and he got death threats after for yeah. losing a football game. And it, you know, it, and it makes me sad to be a Buckeye fan when that kind of stuff happens, but yeah. it, it isn't It isn't the whole thing. There's a lot it's more a very, good than bad. very small percentage. It's not just the Buckeyes either. It happens all throughout sports, yeah. but I think Ohio State, I think they ended up giving EJ a press conference and letting him speak his mind, so I yeah. thought they handled that you yeah, know, pretty absolutely. well from – from yeah. their standpoint. And, uh, and I think EJ also, he he tweeted out the actual tweets. And I, I think it brings, I don't know, people together to see actually what these kids deal with. You know, right, you know, right. you don't see that behind the scenes, these DM messages or whatever right, they right. are. Right. Well, I got um, one, one last thing for these fans, too. If they're really fans, you're not helping your team. You think that helps recruiting right. when yeah. they hear of your players getting death threats from your fans? Yeah. yeah. Like that's, that's not helping anything. Well, you're just it, making and things it was, worse. You know, and, and it was brought up too. Well, maybe it was somebody that bet, you know, $100,000 <laughs> on that game. Well, here's the thing. I, I love to gamble. I love to go to Las Vegas. I love to bet on stuff. If, you know, if you notice, if you listen to the, listen to the show, I'm always the one giving the spread from Vegas. I, you know, that kind of stuff is fun for me, but it's, it's, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. It's not life and death. That if way you can afford to lose. Right. Yeah. If you're betting more money than you can afford to lose again, you need to check your priorities. Yeah. You, so, you got absolutely. some issues. You, so. got, you got some problems. But, uh, so. you know, this one, yeah. One last tidbit. Uh, I was glad to see though, you know, Ohio state and Illinois are both looking into these and they're investigating oh, both of these. Good. So I hope that they find the people that did this and, you know, I hope that they, you know, get justice for this. Right. Stuff prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law. That's right. the only way this thing's going to stop these these uh keyboard warriors sitting behind there are awful brave but i'm pretty sure i wouldn't want to insult kofi uh coburn to his face or right. ej liddell yeah, yeah, liddell's a pretty big man himself yeah, yeah exactly all right enough said about that nonsense um let, we're going to move on to our picks um for the week in the sweet 16 we each took a couple games and did a rundown we're going to start with colton he's got the, the loyola oregon state game uh so he's going to give you a rundown and we'll just go around the table here yeah, so like Dad said, I got uh, number eight seed. You know, a lot of our surprise, you know, team here, uh, Loyola Chicago versus number 12 seed. Another, you know, surprise team. They finally that. get to play somebody ranked. Well, I guess they played a nine the first round. Right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, number 12, Oregon State out of that Pac-12 conference. So, um, you know, that game is uh, on Saturday, first game on Saturday at uh, 2.40 uh, p.m. Eastern time. So you want to tune in. That's, you know, it's a big one right off the start. So, uh, you know. Everybody knows a little bit about, you know, Loyola coming into this. You know, their route, you know, so far here, they uh, beat the ACC champ Georgia Tech, number nine seed, 71 to 60. And uh, you won the second round game against uh, number one, Illinois, 71 to 58. Um, so, you know, we, we've touched on them quite a bit so far. Uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail on them, but I think the, the big thing is their defense. They are first in the NCAA at 55.8 points per game allowed. Wow. So, that's, you know, that's, that's 13 super points low. below the average. Right. And then uh, another thing is they share the ball. They are seventh in the NCAA. And uh, as far as a number of assists, you know, as a team, they, they have 476 assists. So they share the ball, they get the ball, you know, around. So I think, uh, you know, 
they they're they're not uh, you know one man show or anything like that. They like to share the wealth. They like to you know beat you with the whole team, not just one individual. Um, but then on the opposite side, you got Oregon State coming into it, uh, nineteen and twelve. They actually finished five hundred in the Pac twelve, but just got hot at the right time. They yeah. won the Pac twelve tournament. They're playing hot right now, and I would say it's because they're shooting the ball lights out right now. Beat a good Oklahoma State team. The yeah, they, they 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 they've gotten here because they beat a number five Tennessee, upset them seventy to fifty six, and actually that score is probably a little bit closer than what you know a little bit closer than what it really was. They yeah, they let, dominated from start to finish. On let that ESPN game. talk me out of that game. Yeah. I, I had Oregon State was my upset as I talked about on the radio then. Couple days later, kept listening to those so-called experts, and yeah. they talked me out of it. Yeah, and then uh, in the second round, like Dad said, they beat a very good number four seed, Oklahoma State, eighty to seventy. So, um, you know, like I said, they're they're shooting lights out. The last five games, it, it, uh, excluding the Oklahoma State game, they've shot at least forty percent from three-point land, um, and have had a different leading scorer in those past four games. So. They're a little bit of a, you know, not a one-man show either. They like to spread the wealth, so it should, should be interesting. We're seeing two teams play each other yeah. here, so mm-hmm. should be interesting. But uh, Oregon State's led by uh, senior guard Ethan Thompson, who actually uh, outdueled, you know, potential number one pick Cade Cunningham the other night against Oklahoma State. So he's got to stay hot, keep him, keep him going to have a chance. But in the end, fellas, I'm taking the Ramblers of Loyola I Chicago like it. I like it. to, I like to it. move on. I like uh, it. You know, we've touched on it. Sister Jean. Yeah, Sister Jean's <laughs> got that magic going again this year. Yes, and uh, you know, they're 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 playing hot and we've touched on it a lot. This is a better team than they've had in the final four a couple years ago. Just so well rounded. They yeah. got the inside, the outside. They they, they, they they're just well. playing hot. I and like, they play their game. Yep. They, they, they don't they don't stray away. They stick to what they know and they don't what try they to do. play anything yeah, different. So I'm taking the Ramblers moving on to the Elite Eight. All right, very good. Matt. What, what game you got for us? Yeah, my first matchup I've got is uh, number six USC versus number seven Oregon. Uh, so USC's for the season's averaging 75 points a game to uh, Oregon, also averaging 75 points a game for the tournament. Though Big US, yeah. yeah, USC's only averaging uh, 78 for the tournament. Oregon, only one game though, is averaging 95 for the tournament. Uh, USC's shooting 47% on the season. Oregon 48%. Uh, from three-point line, USC shooting 36% to Oregon's 38%. And the free throws is where I really see a glaring difference here. USC shooting at 64%, Oregon at 71%. Uh, Oregon's led by uh, two great players in Chris uh, Duarte and Eugene o- Omarui. And then uh, USC is led by a couple of good players as well, and Taj, Taj Edey and uh, Evan Mobley. Uh, like I said, these two teams uh, recently played as – uh, a month ago, and uh, USC really won that game fairly easily by a score of 72 to 58. But they won it by building a big first half lead. They were up by 21 points at halftime. Mm. The second second half, Oregon kept playing though. They did show some signs of life, and they actually won the second half of that game and came back and only lost by I think of like uh, ended up 14 points. But uh, right. So I, I think this game's going to be a little different though. I think Oregon's a, a little fresher so that they didn't have to play the first round. So I, I think they're yeah, right. everybody wondered if that was going to hurt them. You know, if that was going to the long layoff was going to hurt them in their well, would have been their first game in the second round. But uh, uh, they, they shook sure off the right. yeah, 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 they did. Yeah. So I think you're right, Matt. I think it's going to be who gets the quick start in this yeah. one. That's what seems like is winning games for these these teams in, in this tournament. And I, th- um, I think with this coming down, being a close game, I, I think it's going to come down to the free throw line. Like I said, Oregon is the better uh, free throw shooting team of the two. 
I think Oregon wins a close one. It's going to be from the free throw line. Fundamentals. Fundamentals. Hunter. All right. I got the uh, number two Alabama versus UCLA matchup. Um, just to recap their last matchups, who they had, uh, UCLA played Abilene Christian. They won 67 to 47. Um, they were led by sophomore Johnny Juzang, 17 points. He's a Kentucky transfer, um, but they seem to be an all-around team. Um, they've also been battling with some injuries. I, I read that they had lost a five-star at the beginning of the year, Chris Smith, and, and a couple other guys to, to injuries, um, but they've kept battling. Um, now to move over to Alabama here. Alabama matched up with Maryland. Um, they ended up beating them 96 to 77. Yeah, they can ugly. light it up. Oh, yes, they can. Yes, they, can. Uh, they were led by sophomore guard Jaden Shackleford, 21 points. Senior uh, John Petty Jr., 20 points. I saw him. He was lighting it up. Yeah. And then sophomore Villanova transfer uh, five-star Javon Quin Quinterly, I think yeah, is his name. Quinterly, yep. Uh, he had a double-double, 14 points, 11 assists. I, I'm I'm just Alabama. They can light it up. I mean, yes, they, can they can score at well. They seem to have NBA guys. Um, what I think UCLA needs to do in order to win the game, um, it's kind of what we thought the Big Ten was going to do. I think UC, the Pac-12 has been doing. They need to make it a dogfight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They need yeah. to make it ugly. Force them to taking bad shots. If that means fouling them, foul them. Uh, just make it a grind game. Make make it one of those 67 to 47 or whatever. You know, hold them under 50 if you can or hold them just over 50. That's, that's going to be a tall task. That is. That is. Yeah. We've talked about Alabama quite a bit on this show. and Their you know, prolific they, scoring. They light it up. I mean, if they're hitting, they're here in for, they a, could long, beat anybody oh, yeah. you're in for a long night. <clears throat> um, with Alabama's, I have their keys to win the game. Score. Attack early. Limit your turnovers. Yep. Just – Stick to your basics. Mm -hmm. Just stick to your offense. And uh, my prediction, roll tide, Alabama. <laughs> they're, they're bringing it home, I think. I got you. Well, I got the late game on Saturday. It's it's the matchup between number two, Houston, number 11, uh, Syracuse. Uh, you know, Syracuse, maybe they're the Cinderella team this year. You got Buckets Bayheim there lighting <laughs> it up in the first two rounds my against. I, I want to know how many Syracuse fans didn't want him on the team, though, thinking he was just daddy's boy. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's proving them wrong. He scored 30 <laughs> points against San Diego State and 25 against the West Virginia team. So oh, they beat a number six and a number three. So, you know, for, for Syracuse, I think their key to winning is that they, they got to stay hot from three. Yeah. Um, the, the Houston, now Houston, Vegas does have Houston by six and a half. Um, wow. It seems they, like a lot. It does. Uh, I thought so too, but because uh, they said, yeah, the safe money is take Houston to win, but not cover the spread. Mm -hmm. um, so th their last nine games of the season, they and the, they went on a nine-game win streak, and seven of those games they scored over seventy-six points. So they are they're scoring at will. Uh, they got a, they have a uh, their their big their big scorer um, is Dijon Giroux. Um, uh, he's been kind of battling through an injury that he received in the first uh, first round game. He got a hit pointer, but he still came back against Rutgers and scored 17 points. So he's averaging 11 points a game, five rebounds, and four assists. So I think the the week long layoff will help him. You know, he'll be in he'll be in uh, hot cold treatment all week and getting that swelling down, getting him loosened up. So my matchup in this Houston versus Syracuse, even though I know Syracuse is is hot. I got to, I got to take, 
I got to take the Cougars in this matchup, but I don't think they'll cover the spread. I think it's going to be a close, close one. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, at this point, I think Syracuse just, they want to be a bubble team. I mean, at this point, because uh, every single single time they, uh, you know, they, they come in as, Oh, should they be in? Should they not be in? They make a fool out of everybody. And then it seems like when they come in ranked high, they wind up losing early. Yeah, so I I think at this point, yeah, they're better off. They like to play with their backs against the wall. Right, right. Doubt them as much as you – doubt them at your own will because – At the the sake of your bracket. Right. Um, uh, To shout out to Akron a few years ago when they made their – Syracuse made their run as the 11 seed, I was one saying, oh, you know, Akron should have been in there instead of Syracuse. Then Syracuse, of course, goes on their final four run. Makes me just look like a complete idiot when I was trying to get the zips in there. Yeah, yeah. They uh, they they make a fool out of everybody. I think so. Think at this so point, too. you yeah doubt Syracuse at your own risk. Right, right. <laughs> All right, Colton. What's your second game of the night? Uh, the weekend, so, I guess. I guess uh, I got a, a later game then on uh, Saturday. I got number three Arkansas, and then a lot of our surprise team number fifteen Oral Roberts. Um, you know, another hot scoring team out of the SEC in Arkansas, similar to Alabama. They're averaging 82 points per game, Ooh. which is good for seventh in the NCAA. So they're they're lighting it up. They, they can score. But I think at the same time, you know, they, in the first round, they won against Colgate, won 85-68. But then you saw against Texas Tech, number six, a 68-66 to contest. Yeah, so. So for me, you know, that I was a little bit surprised or, you know, I wasn't sure how they would handle a kind of a grinded out game yeah. like that, but they held tough against Texas Tech. They they came in, they got the buckets, got the stops they needed and and played Texas Tech's game and beat them at it. So I think, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, hats off to Arkansas. They adapt, you know, adapted well and are playing well. Um, but, uh, you know, these two teams actually played earlier this season, mm-hmm. uh, earlier, early in December. And uh, Arkansas won that contest, eighty-seven to seventy-six, and Arkansas out-rebounded Oral Roberts, fifty-four to twenty-nine. Oh my! Yeah, and uh, but you know we've talked on it. You know, so far Oral Roberts has gotten out-rebounded in both that their games, yeah. and and they've still win. They're still winning. So I think it's just yeah, a matter of you know making them best use of your possessions. <laughs> right. Yeah. If uh, they're not going to get a lot of second chance points. Right. I, I think Arkansas, you know, is going to you know do a better job at you know get limiting uh, Oral Roberts attempts. Um, at, at shooting and just, you know, make a difference. I, I just don't see Oral Roberts shooting as well this this time around. I like the Arkansas Razorbacks to move on. <clears throat> All right, Matt, how about your second round game? Yeah, my second round game is a uh, big one, uh, Gonzaga versus Creighton. Gonzaga's averaging 92 points a game. Uh, the Creighton only averaging 76 a game and only 67 points a game for the tournament. Gonzaga's shooting the ball at 55%. Wow. Creighton's 47%. Gonzaga shooting a three at 37%. Creighton Creighton shooting the same. So uh, I I think Gonzaga's definitely got got the the advantage here on points per game and field goals. So, you know, I think Creighton makes us a little closer than than most people were thinking on paper. Their defense plays really well. Um, And they're led by uh, Marcus Zugarowski and Damian Jefferson. Uh, Gonzaga's led by Jalen Suggs and Corey uh, Kispert. so I, I think ultimately the, the firepower of Gonzaga is going to prove to be too much for Creighton, but I think this is a lot closer than most people would think it's going to be. I think the spread was what 13, 13 and a half. Yeah, something wow, like that's that. a big spread. Yeah. I wouldn't expect it to be that big. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, Hunter, who you got in the, your second game of the weekend? All right, I think this is probably the biggest matchup of the weekend, in my opinion. Being a Michigan fan, uh, it's the only traditional one versus four here. We got Michigan and Florida State. 
Um, just recap Michigan's last win. They played LSU. They won 86 to 78. And almost like what Colton said, I think Michigan beat LSU almost in their own game. I think LSU really sped that game up and watching it. Michigan kind of was out of their game, but yet they, they kind of pulled it out there at the end. Um, you had Sean the depth Br- of their bench, I think. Was Absolutely. Shondi Brown coming off the bench, oh, 21 man, points. His good. defense, it, it's an immediate factor. Eli Brooks, 21 points. And then Mo Wagner, Hunter Dickinson just doing their thing as usual. But on the other end, I will say LSU, Cameron Thomas, 30 points. Yeah. Javante Smart, 27 points. Yeah. It's a little ridiculous. Can Michigan stop the guards uh, coming into Florida State here? And now Florida State's recap, they won 71-53, to 53, a little more defense. Um, the players I, got, I I'm watching out for, yeah, they got some scores in their guards. You know, Anthony Polite there is one of their guard shooters. MJ Walker, a shooter. But uh, Raekwon Gray, he's a big guy. I think he's like 6'4", 270 or something. Ooh, yeah, he's a, a he's muscle. I mean, yeah. he but he plays like a point forward, uh, almost like a Zion, but not quite as athletic, I guess. He's just so versatile. I mean, he can guard literally a point guard to a center. And then their freshman sensation, Scotty Barnes, he's been bringing the ball up. He's kind of been their, you know, the point guard at times, but yet he's also driving it to the rack. Um, just looking at some of the key, what I think Florida State needs to do to, to pull out the victory, um, get to the rack on offense, use your athleticism, speed the game up, almost do what LSU did, but win the game, um, defend the three ball. Michigan shot 25 threes in their last Ooh. game. Uh, now over to Michigan's keys to victory. I think Michigan has to force Florida State, their point forwards, Gray and Barnes to shoot the three. They're shooting 26% and 29%. Yeah, don't three. let them beat you inside. Right. Exactly. And then on the offense, move the ball and trust your offense. Capitalize off their turnovers. They had 15 turnovers their last game. Um, my prediction, I have written down Florida State winning. I have the Knowles winning, but I, I got to go with my Wolverines. I'm, right. I'm taking the Wolverines. Right. Very good. Off. Yeah, no, I think uh, Florida State, you know, a lot of times they they have a team where it's like, yeah, like you said, they can guard all five positions, all their players. They're so athletic. Leonard, Leonard Hamilton, you know, tends to, you know, kind of recruit those guys that are just long and lanky and yes. just, you know, they can, you know, they got a wingspan that's out the gym and they, they can, you know, guard any position on the floor. So they're just, yeah, very versatile. So should be an interesting matchup. This one, as a Michigan fan, this game scares me a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Real, real quick, I know you three are all Michigan guys, so. What what do you guys think of uh, what Livers is doing there on the sideline with his with his boycott and wearing his shirt? And uh, I, I was talking to my wife about it during the game, and she she didn't seem to like it. So I was just kind of curious, kind of what you guys think of what what he's doing with all that. I, I'm not is a he fan. taking away from his team. I, you know, you're out of the game. You're not playing. Um, let's not. I agree. Let's not make it about you. I yeah. I, I, I don't agree. If if you got a statement to make, there's platforms for that. But you know, your team's there to win ball games. I, I I don't care for it. That's just my, yeah. in my yeah. humble opinion. It's definitely yeah, probably not the best time. Place, time yeah. yeah, time for for doing it. But I think it would be different if he wasn't you know injured or you know he was out there you yeah know, contributing, contributing and stuff yeah. like that. I think to me it's little, just an attention grab. Yeah, sometimes I think it. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, yeah just a you know trying to get some attention that you know they don't need right now. So right. <clears throat> right. just proves the wives watch the game too because it was actually <laughs> my wife that brought it up. So. Yeah. Well, I got the the, the last game. Uh, mine's the late evening game there on Saturday, five fifteen game. Um, it's the number one Baylor against number five Villanova. 
Um, you got two storied coaches here. Scott Drew's been at Baylor since 2003. Jay Wright's been at uh, Villanova since 2001. I mean, you got long tenured coaches. Jay Wright has just been so successful in the big dance. He's 30 and 14 overall with two championships. Um, you know, they just, they're, they're, when they get in the tournament, they play well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got, they got five guys, you know, I love the way they play. They got five guys that are averaging between 10 and 16 points. So they don't have that 30 point score. They got, they got five guys that all score between 10 and 16. Um, you got Jeremiah Robinson Earl that, that's leading them in four of the five statistical categories. He's a sophomore forward. I think he's the key to Villanova winning. He's got to have a big game, a solid game, not turn the ball over. Uh, they're shooting 35% from the three-point line, 45% overall. So just good, just good solid numbers. Nothing spectacular. On the other side, you got Baylor coming in at 22 and two. Vegas has got them at six and a half point favorite. Um, they held Oklahoma State to only shooting six of 28 from three-point line. So they got athletes that can guard the perimeter. Um, you know, their last 11 games, they played eight ranked teams out of their last 11 games, and they won seven of them that was before coming to the tournament so counting their tournament and then the regular season they played eight out of eight of the 11 teams they played were ranked teams and they won seven of them so this is a team that can win big games obviously they know they know how to play up to the competition they're shooting 42 percent from the three-point line and 49 percent overall so uh you know as much as i like the way villanova plays and i think jay wright's probably the one of the best coaches in the ncaa I got to pick Baylor in this. It's hard not to go with with Baylor, the Baylor Bears, the way they've played so far in this tournament. They get out and they take care of business, and they light it up. Yep. I got to catch them a little bit, the Baylor uh, Baylor play, and they have that. I think it's Davian Mitchell. Yep. Uh, yeah. Some people are confusing him with Donovan Mitchell, <laughs> but they call him off night. I mean, he just he's clamps. Yep. He's he's yeah. shutting their guard down. Yep. They're not doing anything. I, I just remember seeing with those Wisconsin guards that have been there for four or five years. And they had no answer. They didn't know what they, they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. But, he was uh, in their heads from the he get-go. Had him, he had them baffled. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. But then he can also contribute on the offensive end too. He's not just a defensive lockdown player. Yeah. He's also, you know, can, can score at will too. So, you know, he's, he's a two, definitely a two way player. All right. Well, we're going to, we're going to wrap it up tonight with um, just a real quick Colton's got some stuff on the NBA. We're going to go through the NBA just real quick. And then, uh, We'll uh, set our game or uh, come back at you with where we're going to get together next week. You can listen to us live or listen to the recorded show from next week. I am doing the spring break thing next week. So there'll be uh, the chief is out of the studio. Yeah, the chief. The, so while the chief's away, the Indians will play, I guess. So um, we will, uh, we'll see how, we'll see how this goes. Colton, you want to give us a little rundown of what's going on in the NBA? Yes. Yeah, so we got uh, this past week, uh, two major injuries in the NBA. We got uh, LeBron James uh, now out with a high ankle sprain. Um, and at this point, we don't know exactly when he will be back. They yeah, haven't I think they're saying three to four weeks is the last I heard. Yeah. yeah I, it's ruled I, indefinitely. Right, but yeah, they're at this point, four. saying indefinitely. And, you know, what I was kind of reading, you know, that recovery time can be anywhere from six weeks to three months. And, uh, you know, we're about two months away from the regular season wrapping up. So he may not, I mean, I don't know that it's, you know, as severe as, you know, maybe the three months or whatever, but, uh, you know, if it is, I mean, he could even be out for the rest of the season. I mean, it just depends on, you know, how, how it goes for the Lakers, but, uh, the Lakers, you know, this is not good news. They're already out, you know, Anthony Davis already out for them. And now you get LeBron going down who was playing, you know, 
almost like an MVP level, you know, at 36 years old, still playing in an MVP type level. Speaking of which, you know, at 36 years old, it takes you a little bit longer to recover from them injuries. Right, right. And they seem to nag you a little bit more than it does a guy that's, you know, 10, 12, 15 years younger. And, uh, you know, I'm already hearing with Anthony Davis, he's likely out until April. So, I mean, we, you, you know, for Lakers fans, for the Lakers team, they better hope that this LeBron thing doesn't keep lingering, that he can come back, you know, at the short minimum time because Anthony Davis is not coming back anytime soon. And to be without your two best stars, I don't know. It's going to be tough for the Lakers. And they're sitting at tied for fourth. Yeah, said. tied for fourth in the West. And, you know, we know how competitive the West is. Yeah. You lose one game, you go from the three seed all the way to the eight seed. And I seed. saw they're on a three-game losing streak. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they could fall quickly here. And, yeah. uh, you know, the minutes that LeBron and Anthony Davis are not in, the Lakers get outscored 3.3 points per 100 possessions. Mm. And that number might even be generous because a lot of those times that they're not in the game, it's during garbage time right, when, right. you know, other teams are just, you know, hucking up yeah, shots. It could be worse when the pressure. Yeah. On. So, yeah. you know, now when they're not going to be playing at all in the games, that number could get really out of, out of hand. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm going to take a different stance on this, though. I think it could actually be good for the Lakers. LeBron's been playing astronomical minutes all season long. He needs the rest of that body a little bit anyway going into the playoffs when they're really going to need him. Yeah. I don't think they're going to lose enough to fall out of the top eight. I think they make the playoffs. Yeah. If you get a healthy LeBron, a healthy Anthony Davis into the playoffs, I don't care if you're a one-seeded, eight-seed, it doesn't matter. You're, you're going to play like the same amount of games. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think it could actually be a help, not a hurt to the Lakers, because I think you have a fresher LeBron, a fresher Anthony Davis, and then those guys that have been playing off the bench in place of them, are getting more minutes, a little more action. They're getting a little hotter, a little shooting. more battle tested. Yeah, absolutely. Right, right. I, I think this could actually be a good thing for the Lakers. Yeah, and it could be, you know, another thing to think about. You know, the trade deadline for the NBA is tomorrow. Do the Lakers, you know, make a temporary band-aid on this yeah. thing and, and try to get somebody? Mm-hmm. The problem I see with that, the Lakers are almost at that hard cap space where they they can't spend any more money right. and they also you know what, be, what assets do they, they have don't they don't have very many draft picks and they don't have very many young players that teams want so mm-hmm. it's it uh, they're it's gonna be hard it's to get a deal tough. done if they if that's the route that they're gonna go yeah. but i think matt does have a good point there that uh you know this could be good for those other players outside of their stars you know to try to try to get battle tested and you know get ready for playoff time because had another big injury this week uh lamella ball fractures his wrist Colton, you want to let us know what's going on with that? Yeah, so, you know, originally the report was, you know, he fractured that wrist and uh, he did have successful surgery on it. And, you know, they were saying originally he was done for the season. He's done. He's out. But now I'm hearing he could be reevaluated in about four weeks and, you know, potentially, you know, come back. Come back. Okay. So, you know, that, that could be, you know, something to look at because for me, up until this point, he has been the rookie of the no, year. Absolutely. I mean, no, I no hands down the rookie of the year. But I think the big question is, if he can't play the rest of the season, does, does he still, he still win Rookie of the Year? You know, I don't think they hold the injury against them. I think he'd still win it. I think he would, too. I, I, I and, who, and who really is he in competition with? Yeah, I, I think uh, it's it's between him and Anthony Edwards, the number one pick from, from the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's really picked it up here recently. Uh, Anthony Edwards has. He's, he's picked up his scoring quite a bit. But LaMelo has, has the all-around game. He's been yeah, averaging, yeah. you know, almost 16 points per game. 5.9 rebounds, 6.1 assists, and almost two steals a game. So he's he's doing a lot than just scoring for his team. So 
you Those know, are good numbers. I, I think the bigger issue here is does Charlotte hold on to a playoff spot without them? Right. Yeah. 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 I think I think the the you know whenever they're picking rookie of the year, I think it comes down to what's the criteria for rookie of the year? Mm-hmm. Is it the award goes to the most productive rookie? Does the award go to the player who played the best basketball during the season, or should it go to the player that has the brightest future? of among the three, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be a very interesting, you know, topic for, you know, them. Hopefully, you know, we won't even have to debate this because hopefully right. he can back. come yeah. back. Nobody yeah, wants to see him go yeah. down, you know, with yeah, an injury in your rookie year uh, because let's be honest, guys, once you get, you know, one injury, it, it just seems like it, you know, kind of compounds from there. And he's, so, and he's having a magical rookie year. Right. So, yeah, he hate to see that. So I hope that, yeah, in, in a couple, you know, four weeks or, you know, a month or so, he is able to, you know, come back and hopefully, you know, maybe he won't be the same player he was, right. but, you know, at least, you know, get out there and still, you know, contribute. So, yeah, and Matt made a good point, you know, do, do the Hornets to hold on to, to a playoff spot. They're sitting at five right now. Um, you got the three teams that are kind of the cream of the crop out there, uh, the the 76ers, the Nets, and the Bucks, all within a couple games of each other. And then it drops down to the Hawks that are eight and a half point, eight and a half games out of first. So, uh, yeah, then and those next, you know, four through eight are bunched up there, right, sitting all right around 500. So, yeah, you don't want to see this affect the team overall, too, their, their playoff chances. So. Right, right. Well, we're going to sign off for tonight. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Uh, we uh, will post on the website um, when we're going to meet next week. We haven't. We got to get everybody situated. Is get Braden back from Florida and uh, see when we're going to get together. He's got his. He's working around his track schedule, and he's also playing AAU basketball. So uh, we're working around his schedule a little bit. So yeah. uh, look on the website, Colton. You want to give us a. Yeah, and uh, yeah, with the, with the chief being out next week, we will also have another new special <laughs> guest on the show. Uh, so you'll have to tune in next week to see who that who that might be. Uh, we want to thank Hunter, Hunter for, yeah, for, for, yeah, for coming on, being, being on. Nice this, job, Did fill, a nice filling job. in for us. You know, Great this job. week. Uh, yeah, we we appreciate you, appreciate you being on the show, and uh, you know, thank it's been you, been, a, been a good time. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll catch you next week. Follow us on our Instagram uh, at Fired Up uh, Sports Podcast, and we're also on Facebook. Uh, so search for us. Uh, fired up sports podcast on on uh, facebook as well to uh you know catch all of our great content and uh, check out when the next uh, live shows are appreciate you listening and uh we'll we'll catch you next week let's